This podcast is sponsored by Shred Lights. Shred Lights make the most versatile flashlights in the world. They can easily be attached to any EUC, skateboard, bike helmet, scooter, e-bike, one wheel, and much more. These pocket-sized lights pack a ton of power in a small form factor to go where other lights can't. They are rider-owned and operated and known for industry-leading customer support with over 25,000 riders around the world who trust their products for their daily riding. So please check out this sponsor in the description below for a discount and also to support this podcast. And now on to our guest, Alessandra, who is an EUC rider in Boston, Massachusetts. So her Instagram handle is Wanderfeet. So if you guys would like to follow her and see what she's doing with her cool ride videos and her Insta360 videos of herself riding around the city, um, go ahead and follow her. It's spelled as you'd expect, W-A-N-D-E-R-F-E-E-T, feet, Wanderfeet. Uh, so yeah, go ahead and follow her. But now, on to the podcast. The biggest difference is that now, because it's so easy to get around, I'm going places more frequently that even though they're in the city, because... Like, I would have to take a long walk from the train, or there was no place to dock the bike, because I used to see the bikes, like, nowhere to dock the bikes. Like, I wouldn't go. Like, there's this beach here in, in Boston called Carson Beach. Mm-hmm. Um, and this summer, I've been living in Boston for going on 11 years in April. And I had been to that beach once or twice before I got my wheel. And now I got my wheel, and I was just going on weekends. I'll take my yoga mat, and I would go and do yoga, I'll bring a book, like... And, like, I've gone to the Arboretum. I, I, there is a really nice cemetery, like, past. I hope you stop the rear. <laughs> past camp. A nice cemetery. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like, like, on fall, like, the foliage is really pretty, blah, blah. But it's kind of like, it's a little hike to get there. Hmm. So now I've been able to explore a lot more of the city. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Evolution Podcast. And today with me, I have Alessandra from Boston, Massachusetts. Hello. Hi. How's it going? So she and I don't know each other. Like a lot of my other guests, I have known them in the past. But um, I came across her because I'm way too connected on Instagram and Facebook with like hashtags and things like that. So like I kind of watch everything that is electric unicycle related. So... Uh, I think I saw one of your videos one day and I saw you like riding in traffic or something like that in Boston. And I was just like, respect. Okay. Cause we, I don't see a lot of the Boston people that I know, like, I guess, downtown in the city center. They're, they're usually kind of, I guess, in the suburbs, they're not yeah. quite in Boston. So I was like, Oh, this could be interesting to see, uh, like what her story is, how she got into this. And, uh, you know, she probably has a similar like lifestyle as I do as far as living like in a proper city. Um, yeah. Did you see, did you see the video? What's the name? Um, cause when I was writing one day on my way to work, there was this guy that kind of like followed me and he stopped me and he's like, Hey, have you been writing this for a while? And then he did like a YouTube video. I can't remember what's his name. <gasps> you stride. That was you. Yes. yes. Oh, you know, behind the scenes, we were kind of like laughing. We were like, dude, that was like the most chauvinistic thing you could ever put in your YouTube video. <laughs> like, yeah, like he approached you and he's like, well, the whole YouTube video was there. So I was like, that was one of my first times kind of like properly writing away from the city because I worked kind of like in the Boston area. Okay. And that was my introduction. So from that video, like a couple of people kind of like saw my 
my Instagram name from the screen. Uh, okay. And, like, they yeah. started following me on Instagram and they're like, oh, you were in a Gil Strike video. I'm like, like, do you know him? I'm like, no. <laughs> we just happened to bump into each other. Yeah, it's very uh, interesting. I didn't realize that was. I feel like when I saw that, you were just wearing a helmet. I didn't, like, I didn't quite see who it was. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, well, now we know. You're, you're, <laughs> it was you. Um, yeah, so how in the world did you get into these things? Like, what? To give me the whole backstory of, like, how did you see these unicycles? How did you decide to get into it? Like, what's the whole thing? Well, so to be honest, I've seen them in the streets before here in Boston. I was like, that's really cool. But I never really thought of it up until 2020 with the pandemic. I was, I used to bike everywhere and I used to take the train to work. Mm-hmm. Um, but now, so I'm a, I'm a career nanny. And now with all of these, like, I couldn't really take public transportation or right. like anything like that. And biking has been my motto, had, had been my, well, still kind of is sometimes, my mode of transportation for quite a few years. But where I was working, it's kind of like uphill for a really long time. And I tried <laughs> to bike there and I was like, this is going to be amazing to get in shape, but I'm going right. to die. So I was like, okay, I need to find an alternative. So my first thought was to get a scooter. Uh-huh. And then one of my friends one day came over to do yoga and she was like, can you come downstairs and help me park the scooter? And I was like, why would I need to help you? I was like, yeah, I'll come right. down. And then when I got downstairs, I don't look like it, but I'm pretty strong. And when we were moving that scooter, I was like, this is heavy. And I live in a four-story walk-up. I was like, there's no way I'm going to be able to carry this scooter upstairs. Like, it's just going to make my life so much harder. So I was like, okay, we're calculating. I got to find something else. So I started doing research. I first saw the one wheel. And I was like, that looks fun. That could mm-hmm. be. But I, like, it's, well, you're in New York, you get it. Like, it's just so cold and it snows. And, like, it didn't seem possible, feasible because they were not waterproof. So right. I was like, okay, I want something that is waterproof that I can get around. And then eventually Water. doing some. <laughs> well, no, it is. I've, I've taken my, my unicycle in the rain and the snow. Like, it yeah, doesn't yeah. matter. Rain or shine, like, I'm out in it, uh, on it. So, yeah, what was I saying? Yeah, yeah. I mean, a scooter, is, a scooter is not only heavy, depending on which one, but it's just awkward, right? Like, you kind of have to hold it this weird way. So it's not really like, you know, I know that some a lot of them fold down and stuff like that, but still, it's just kind of, like, pretty heavy. It is really heavy. And, like, it's not, yeah, like, if you have your own house and you can just push it in, it's fine. But, like, if you live in an apartment that doesn't have an elevator, it's just, it, it doesn't really work that well so yeah, i got I, the unicycle pardon me i was just say I, I i agree with you <laughs> <laughs> yeah no and i got the unicycle and i was like ah, i mean how hard can it be and boy i was in for a treat <laughs> right like i remember when that arrived like i that's kind of like always my decision making process i'm like oh i'll do it and i'll figure it out i'll buy it and i'll figure it out or whatever i'll figure it out and i got mm-hmm. it and i remember when i took it out of the box I open it, I turn it on, and I was like, okay, I'm on a hole against the wall. And I started trying to go, and I'm like, oh, my God, what have I done? How am I going to yeah. be able to ride this thing, like, ever? It was so wobbly. I got, like, the Godway Tesla because that has a stabilizer. And um, I was like, I need that. Um, my balance is not the best. And I was like, oh, this is going to take me so long. It's a pretty and, portable wheel, too, right? It's not too, too heavy. 
It's 42 pounds, so no, I can carry it up and down. Yeah. No problem. I use it like a, a how do you say it? Kettlebell? Kettlebell? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's why I hold it. I bring it there up you and down. <laughs> yeah, some yeah. people, like, baby it. They'll, uh, they'll hold it under their arms as they take it up their walk-up. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it depends on, like, the weight distribution. But, yeah, like, I myself live, I'm on the second floor of a walk-up. Um, not okay. as high as you, but... I, I can't imagine uh, trying to bring something larger, like a scooter or something like that, up there. Yeah, no, it's, it's like a hernia waiting to happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So how long, like how many days or hours or weeks or however long, how did it t- take you to learn how to ride? So I timed that I was, there was a lot of playgrounds around me here. I was going to the playground mm-hmm. and... Every time I go, I go on weekends, I'd be there for like four, four or five hours a day, just holding onto the fence, mm-hmm. little by little. And I did, it took me 25 to 30 hours of training. Okay. So it took me about three, four weekends on and off. Because okay. I would take breaks and like people would come like, what are you doing? Like, what is that? And like, right. so it was, yeah, it was a couple of hours. And so then like three or four days distilled down. Three basically. or four days, like part time. Yeah, so that sounds about right. A lot of people... Uh, myself, I, I'm sure you had this exact feeling when I bought mine, uh, my first wheel was a 14 S or 14 D from King song, but mm-hmm. I bought it and I was riding in my hallway out, uh, at my office and like moment one, like after like five minutes, I was like, I think I wasted a lot of money. <laughs> I think this is a huge mistake. You know, because a lot of things like I'm pretty I skate I had, and I was a big skater for a long time. I've done like snowboarding and skiing, things like that. And usually like you can kind of see what I call the light at the end of the tunnel, like the moment at which you would figure it out, like pretty early on that, like after a few hours, I was still like, I don't see the light. <laughs> I don't understand. But I think so I put in like two hours a day for about three days and then I had it. So, but it was really grueling. Like I was just like, I was like, I had giant bruises on my calves. Yeah. Oh my God. I did the same happen to me. Like my legs were a rainbow. They were like purple and green. That's so typical. Everyone who's new, like you just grip the wheel to know what you don't even realize you are. And then like, after you were like, wow, my calves kind of hurt a lot. You're like, oh my gosh, they're black and blue. (laughs) Yeah. It's yeah. a very unique experience for beginners, but it's typical. And I have a friend I'm teaching right now. He's on an 18-inch wheel. He's on a King Song 18L, and he's been putting in a lot less time probably than you when you started. And he's kind of putting in a half-hour, hour, once a week or something like that. But he's getting better and better. But he, too, is like, you know, he's like, oh, my legs hurt. I'm sweating. And, I'm, <laughs> and it's, like, cold in New York, you know? And I'm like, yeah, yeah that's just typical. He's like is this just painful to ride forever? I'm like, no, <laughs> if it was painful, we wouldn't do it. Yeah. I'm like, it's just part of the beginning stages. Yes. Growing um, pain through the unicycle. <laughs> so once you learned, how quickly from like the moment you're like, okay, I got this, I, I can ride. Did you integrate it into your life as a mode of transportation? So way too fast. Uh, pretty okay. much, I could, I could balance, and I'm like, I'm out, I'm going. So I started by the bike lanes around my apartment, and I was like, oh, this is fine, I can go on the right. street. And I think it was like the second time I was riding, I decided to go, like, do a loop around downtown, 
And mm-hmm. I there's this street in, in downtown area called Store Drive that is kind of like a highway, but it goes through the city. And I was going through there, and, like, I didn't know, and I got nervous. Cars started, like, honking, and I fell. And I was like, oh, my God, no, what am I doing? No. So I got out of the street, and you pulled the wheel, and I'm like, okay, well, let's go back to the bike lane. So, like, yeah, I feel like as soon as I could balance, I kind of, like, started going. And then I would just, like, when the streets were too crowded, I would, like, get out of the, the street and get in the sidewalk very slow and then right. do that, like, tango. But, like, yeah, I was... I was, I was in like here in the town. See, we could be friends. I like that. You, <laughs> you are just head first, which is great. Because yeah. I've I've been meeting a lot of people who are so, somewhat newer to riding, and they were like, "Oh, I learned," and then after that, it took me months to want to like venture into a bike lane, let alone like a street or anything like that. So, you know, yeah. like I said respect to you for that that's that's impressive for any human you know what i mean like like my friend he's still like i can't go on on the sidewalk i'm just gonna stay in the park <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Like, no yeah I'm, I'm a little daredevil my mom doesn't love it <laughs> yeah um cool. and so what is it like so where you work is it an elevator building or is it also a walk-up no, I just leave it outside. It's a safe area. They're not like anybody that doesn't live there. It's not really people working around. You live, just leave it outside. Like, when I'm at work, at work. Yeah, so properly outside, like chained up or what? I mean, again, because of my job field, I cannot really disclose much information. Sure. Uh, but like where where I work, like it's safe. So I just leave it outside and like okay. there's no way anywhere. You don't have to answer, but I'm assuming there's like an inner courtyard or something that you feel comfortable. Like, there's, I don't know. That's like, just crazy like to me. A yard in front. <laughs> there, okay, it's kind of like, no, it, it's, I cannot. <laughs> so I, they're like, are they in a house or an apartment? In a house. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, I'm imagining yeah. like... Yeah, like an apartment just in the randomly in the middle of the city. No, 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 no. No, and like I wouldn't. I feel like Boston is pretty safe. There is a lot of like honor. How do you say it? Honor's code. Like people don't really. Mm-hmm. I, I, that's been my experience. Like I don't feel like people really steal a lot here. But like, yeah, the farther away you get, I feel like the less you have to worry about that. Right. So like in my apartment, yeah, I would never leave it outside. But over there, yeah, no, it's fine. It's interesting. That, that is not my, that's where we part ways. That is not my experience. I would never, ever, ever leave my unicycle away from my side here in the city. <laughs> but that's sort of the benefit. Like, I'm sure you experience this in other ways, but like, you know, I always paint a picture for people. Um, you know, in the morning, I will commute to work, go to the office. Mm-hmm. I bring it into my office and just put it down, you know, near the front door or at my desk or whatever. And then um, after work, I can ride out and grab a drink with a friend or something and then ride back home each of those moments i'm bringing it with me like if i go to like a restaurant or a bar or something like that i can put it under the table or or right there under me at the bar so it's kind of amazing for that aspect like unlike a bike or a scooter where like it would be weird to kind of bring it inside somewhere (laughs) like you can bring it everywhere with you and it's not a big deal Yes, like it doesn't take that much space. And like the other reason why I feel comfortable kind of like leaving it outside is because most of the people are like, what is that? And even if they wanted to steal it, like I feel like they wouldn't know how to turn it on. And it's so yeah. heavy. They'll be like, yeah, no, this is way too big of a hassle. It's probably not even worth that much money. Right. <laughs> well, I would be careful. I feel like we are seeing, I can't speak for Boston, but yeah. in other 
cities around the world and also in America, people are starting to figure out what these things are and how much they're worth. And they're figuring out how much the like used worth is. That's the scary part, right? Because they could look up online and figure out that it's like $2,000 or 2,500 or 1,500 or whatever. Yeah. And sometimes they don't understand. They'll, we've seen people like on Facebook Marketplace try to resell a fairly new like, you know, MSX or something for like 500 bucks, which is like, I mean, it's clearly stolen. We know it is because if it was someone in the industry, like industry in the community, they yeah. would know to sell it for higher. But people are starting to figure it out now. So yeah. just be just be careful. Appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, one thing I've been playing with is, I mean, this is just a thought. I have not done any research, so I don't mm-hmm. know if this would even fly. But I've thought about getting, like, a little GPS to put mm-hmm. it on it. <laughs> just in case, like, it ever go missing, be like, okay, I can look at my phone, like, okay, where are you? Yeah, <laughs> well, my down. initial thought on that is, good idea. However, what happens if... Like, okay, you found it, you're tracking it. Who, you don't know who that person is who took it. You know what I mean? Like, who are you, who are you taking with you? The police? The police, obviously. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> no, I wouldn't go like, hey, where's my will? No. Yeah. No. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's, it's definitely, like, I know some people have considered here in the city, like, um, basically getting like a bike lock situation and potentially locking it up to, you know, like a, a bike, even like a a bike docking station or, or like a street lamp or something like that. But for New York, it's still kind of strange. Like, yeah. Cause I'm like, if even if someone doesn't know what it is, right. And they see it on the street, they could just like kick it, step on it, mess with it. If they just did, you know, they want to just break someone's property. Yeah. No, like I get that. Like I wouldn't really feel comfortable leaving it outside outside mm-hmm. especially like you're saying you can really bring it anywhere and just yeah. put it against something and like there's really no need to leave it sitting outside and again i only do that at work because i know how safe it is like i know it's never gonna get stolen right so, right. But so stuff, if it's like, rainy yeah. is your is where you leave outside undercover yes okay yeah that's good yeah cool. but like uh, the little thing where you charge it, like, that's always closed. So I feel like, mm-hmm. yeah, I've, I've taken the wheel and the rain and snow. And well, there's fun. been a lot of, I mean, it's not, it's not been like, uh, necessarily like rain or, or water related, but there's, there's been a lot of, um, fires lately in the, in the EV news. So what kind of brand is getting those? Um, it's been mainly Gotway. Um, but it's generally been because these are some of the newer wheels that they've just released. Okay. Um, my, my last podcast I did with Adam, uh, he's wrong way on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can listen to that. It's like, we talk all about all the fires kind of in the news, okay. but it, it, you know, it's kind of like always a potential for any wheel, whether it's a Tesla yeah. or, or I ride the veteran Sherman every day. Um, there's always a potential you should, you know, I think you're doing everything right. Uh, you should just be cautious about getting it rained on or wet. So even like a Tesla, my friend had one. Do you have the V2 or the V1? Do you know? No. Generally, I think the Tesla V2 has like the word Tesla written on the side of it. Then I have the V1 because mine doesn't uh, okay. fly anywhere. Yeah. So my friend had a V1 back when they first came out with that wheel and he, um, recalls he rode a lot in the rain here in new york and he recalls like 
water would get in through the button that you mm -hmm. turn the wheel on with. So he just put tape, like clear packing tape over the front of that so that when he's riding in the rain, the water's pelting the front of that. It can't seep oh. in there. So, because to be fair, to be brutally honest, these literally are not actually waterproof. If someone told you that they were completely waterproof, they were lying to you. There's a bit <laughs> of waterproofing in some wheels that goes into it, but it is by no means like oh utterly safe. Oh dear, like I've, oh, I, every time it rains, like it, it Monday through Friday it rains too, and I still go to work right. on it. So I guess that's very good to know. I'll, I'll, I'll do that when we're done. I'll, I'll tape it just in case because. Yeah, and I have, not promoting myself here, but I did a video a while back about how you can ride in the rain safely mm -hmm. on my YouTube channel, and it's like the basics are like after you ride in the rain when you get to your destination. Um, take a towel or something and wipe down the outside of your wheel so it's completely dry and then okay. leave it upright because the way the control board and everything works to where, to where it's positioned inside of the wheel because basically what you don't want to happen is water to hit your control board and short out okay the best case scenario if that happens if it shorts out your wheel's dead you just all you need to do is get a new control board and then it's back to life again um, the yeah. worst case is it shorts and somehow it hits that short hits the battery and then fire so oh that's God. the worst case scenario yeah um, but generally speaking in the older wheels i don't know that we've ever saw that from like i've had my friend his shorted out it the mm -hmm. wheel just died basically so we just got a new control board from his dealer um and then he just installed it himself or certain dealers wherever you bought it from they can do it for you yeah um, and then the wheels back to life again Okay. I mean, yeah, that's something I do want to get into at some point soon is mm -hmm. learning how to open these and fix them myself because yeah. it's just like I have a, I, well, the only guy I ride in town. He, like, he kind of, like, repairs them, but, like, it's just, it's such a niche thing. And, like, it, I feel like it's, who, who, the who more you guy? can do, uh, Paul. Paul. Hmm. I, I don't know that I know of Paul. Yeah, he, he rides with the. Uh, he's tall. He has blue, uh, blue eyes. No, what what wheel does he ride? Does he ride? Uh, yes, he has a uh, Godway. He has no. He has three wheels. I think they're all okay. Godways. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. And like, yeah, he was the one that hooked me up. Like the first time my pedal broke. Like I met him literally the day before and the day after we met. Like my pedal broke. I was like, dude, I don't know how to fix it. Like, can you help me out? <laughs> So, like, that's one of the things I want to do this year. Like, I want to be able to learn how to open these and try to fix them myself because it's just, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, you know what? It's something you can completely do. And always it feels like you level up a little bit, you know, afterwards. You're like, oh, I have a new skill set now because I can <laughs> fix certain things. So, I mean, the basics are, like, when you when you do open the wheel up, once you figure out how to take apart your shell, the test yeah. lot's a little bit, yeah, I think you have to take like the center piece off and then you can mm -hmm. take the panels off, something like that. It's probably similar to my MCM5. Uh, but once you get in, always the first thing is you have to disconnect the battery. Um, and then after that, press the power button on the wheel to dispel mm -hmm. any excess um, power that was surging through it. And then you can start doing what you got to do to replace the control board or whatever you got to do. But any but good, good YouTube channel, you can recommend me that. That's yeah, so there's uh, Marty Back. It, his last okay. name is spelled B-A-C-K-E. Uh -huh. He does a lot of really good in-depth 
um, tear down stuff. Also, the guy I had on last uh, the last podcast, uh, Wrong Way, is his YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Um, he does some good teardowns. Actually, he it's not like a how to, his last video is not a how to, but he did a teardown of the Tesla V2. So he takes it apart and kind of shows you what the inside looks like. It was just him just trying to see what the quality was like. So it's not that one's not a complete like how to, I don't know, swap the control board or something like that. Um, but yeah, so Marty has a really good technical yeah. channel, Wrong Way. Um, I'm sure there's some other people that have made some good stuff. I've on certain wheels, I have done like a how to of like how to change a tire. But okay. oftentimes a lot of like getting to the tire is similar, but not exactly the same on a lot of different wheels. Right. So. Um, if you were to watch any stuff that I've done, it, it would be very specific to that wheel that I had at the time. Okay, so you say you ride King Kong mostly? No, so my main wheel is the Veteran Sherman. Okay. Um, before that, I was riding um, the Gotway Nikola 100 volt. How fast does that one go? Um, I I've tapped 41 on it. It can probably okay. do 42. It depends on your weight, really. Okay. But that's like, we're talking with that wheel, like, when I tap 40, I'm not sustaining it. I'm not holding at 40. Like, it's me just going, I did 40. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> yeah. that, that wheel can, like, hold, like, 35 to 38 pretty well if you're, like, okay. going that fast. Um, but, again, you just have to listen for the beeps. And, um, you know, do you use an Android or an iPhone? iPhone. Okay, so you can get the app, if you don't already, Darkness Bot, if you haven't heard of that. And you can set the beeps to, like, I have a Bluetooth speaker I keep right here. Mm -hmm. I actually did a video on this, if you're curious how to set it all up. But basically, I set it to where I figured out from other people what's the safest top speed I could go on my wheel, okay. whatever wheel I'm riding at the time. And I set that as an alarm in darkness bot. That yeah. way, if I don't hear the actual beeps from the Gotway wheel, it'll go off and I hear it right here next to my ear. That way, I don't faceplant, you know? That's so, like my biggest nightmare when it comes to this thing. <laughs> I've yeah. watched so many videos of cutouts, and I'm like, oh, my God. I hope that never happens to me. Well, you got a full face, right? So you're already a step ahead. Oh, yeah, helmet. Yeah, I had to. Like, I'm so clumsy. I was like, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. So what's it. your gear setup? What do you ride with when you're going out for a ride? Like, what protective so, gear? Uh, so I found, like, around the neighborhood because i need to buy something like i'll put like my my wrist how do you say mm -hmm. like wrist guards my wrist guards i do the knee pads and i have like boots the ankle boots okay. uh, but if i'm leaving my neighborhood like around here like the streets are so small like nothing is gonna happen mm -hmm. but if i'm leaving the neighborhood then i have the helmet and then the same on summer i i use the elbow pads too Mm -hmm. But, like, now in winter, like, the, my winter jacket is so puffy that at first, like, it doesn't really fit. And, like, I don't really need it. Like, I've fallen up. I, I still fall all the time. Uh, but I've taken a few falls that, like, nothing really happens if you have the, gotcha. the winter jacket on. So, but, yeah. like, yeah, the helmet, especially, like, one of the streets that I take, it's, it's a lot of traffic. Like, a mm. lot of traffic. It feels like, again, another, like, little highway in the city because the cars are just going super fast. And I don't know why, but, like, cars really don't, like, share in the road. And, like, a lot of the times, I'm, like, I'm zooming through them because I'm, like, you have to be stuck in traffic. Mm -hmm. I don't. I'm trying to get out of this street, 
ASAP, not because I want to prove that I'm faster than you. It's because I don't feel safe in this seat, so just let me go. And, like, a lot of the times, cars, like, will start honking or they yell at me. I'm like, dude, I, I am not trying to outrun you. I'm just trying to get out of these ASAP. So just chill. And, yeah, so in those, like, every time I'm leaving and I'm taking a road like that, like, I always have my helmet on because I'm, like, always afraid that there's going to be someone that is going to have a, have a bad day. I saw a video on one of the guys from New York City this mm. week or last week. They were, like, in a group ride, and this white van kind of, like, pulled, like, uh, took a yes. turn. And, like, I was like, oh, my God, no. That is horrible. Why would you do that to someone on a wheel? Mm. So this is an interesting topic because in the, we can all probably agree that uh, New York is a very like specific and unique place when it comes to riding these things because like, so yeah. I don't know what the speed limit is where you are, but the speed limit for cars in Manhattan is only 25 miles an hour. So all of us, like my, my current everyday wheel can go 53. So at any point in time i can get away from any car it's like a safety thing right so that speed yeah. thing and the stability of the wheel that i ride it's a huge safety measure at any point i'm like you know what i'm out of here yes um but we have all we often we ride like probably one of the craziest cities in the world we all ride we lane split in traffic up sixth avenue going nuts and big groups and it's probably frustrating for cars but yeah. you know i'm always thinking in the back of my head like I need to just be, I can be crazy and ride, but I need to be aware of other cars because you never know, like, if someone has road rage, yeah, like, I'm right there and they could just do yeah. whatever they want. And so like that, that what you saw was probably on Instagram from um, yeah. David Jansen posted that sort of the backstory there was like, yeah, I guess they were riding um, and the guys didn't like it or whatever. So when they all hit the red light and stopped, cause they were at like, a, I think they're at Houston street, which is a kind of a big like six way street there so yeah. a lot of the guys don't stop for red lights but they, they <laughs> did and that's when the guy just went nuts and i think they probably just you know were being guys and they yelled back at him like screw you or whatever yeah. and that's when he decided to use his car to try to mow him down so that's the thing that i'm always like if i'm gonna be a tough guy and yell at a car like ah screw you you know whatever yeah. flipping the bird or something i'm gonna make sure that i'm not stopped at a red light you know what i mean like <laughs> i want to be able to be yeah. able to just cut away or whatever but yeah that's kind of the yeah. backstory behind that crazy okay. video that's insane like that's that's another like of my worst nightmares like have a car do something like that like you're helpless like true they they hit you and like yeah no it's just I think that a was a little bite. provoked. I think that one was a little provoked. I'm not saying okay. that the car was justified, but heck no. I'm just saying yeah. that I don't think they were just casually riding, but keeping to themselves. <laughs> I think yeah. I think they were I mean, being again, a little the aggressive. Why, <laughs> the reason why I emphasize with that is because, again, I ride alone, and I'm usually just going, trying to get somewhere. And I get that. Like, I get cars get really mad at me, and I'm like, yeah. And like sometimes I feel like I should just take my helmet off and be like, see, I'm not a guy. I'm not trying to prove anything to you. I'm just a girl trying to go somewhere. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, no. It's, it's wild in the streets. Yeah, it's, but you know what? Like I said, like not a lot of people in New York, it's a big bubble of people who are kind of fearless and will ride in the street. Um, so it's really cool to see other people in other cities, like understand that sometimes 
maybe it's, this is probably true for you, but very much for us, sometimes the bike lane is the most unsafe place. Our bike yeah. lanes are kind of built as an afterthought. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times pedestrians just step out and just stand in the bike lane and you're like, dude. It's the worst. And then they stand on their phone and they're just there. I'm like, yeah. yeah, that's, or like when they just, which happens here a lot, if I'm riding in the bike lane, especially the ones that are like, separated from the street like people are especially comfortable in those the mm -hmm. ones that are like close to the sidewalk like i try to go as slow as, slow as i can because it happens so often that I, a guy or a girl is just on their phone and they're just mindlessly walking and they just like walk in the bike lane and i'm like dude <laughs> yeah. at least look before you go because yeah i'm in a wheel but i'm not the only one like in boston people's bike yeah. And skate and they go everywhere. Like it's one of those cities where you can just get around in other using other forms of transportation. So I'm like, it's not just me. There are like there are bikers here that go faster than I go mm -hmm. on like a good bike. And like they kick yeah. my butt. So I'm like, Okay. <laughs> Watch for yourself. But like, yeah, that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> like people walking in the bike lane. Do you think in the future uh, well, first off, let me ask, how how many months have you been riding? So I got my will in August, and I started practicing around September. August, September. Okay. So I've been riding for like four or five months. Okay. Um, I I like speed in general. Like back when I used to drive, like it's just a family thing. My mom is the same. Like we were all like crazy when it came to like speed. So right. in the wheel, I with the little thing, I saw that I was doing 34 miles per hour, kind of like on average. The wheel, mm -hmm. like they said, like the speed is 30 miles. Uh, but the wheel wasn't beeping at 34. Uh, I've had it a few scared where like this happened to me once I was in the street. And you know, like when the streets kind of like, well, it happens here. Like they have like, it's not a hole, but like the string that kind of like sinks. Yeah. It's in like a very smooth way. A little like, dip, but you can't really yeah. see it. Yes. So that happened to yep. me once in this really busy street where I was going super fast and I didn't see that. And the wheel went down and I went up and I was just floating for like a second. I was like, oh, I'm about to break everything. Oh, no. And somehow I landed in the wheel and I was shutting my face up. So I feel like since then, and that was around the same time I did, I was doing the third format. Like I uh -huh. slowed down a lot because I've gotten a few scares and I'm like, this can potentially be very dangerous if I keep going this yep. way. So I'm like, no, I, I have taken it down a notch. So do you uh, think you'll upgrade? Well, I was going to ask you, do you think you'll upgrade to a faster wheel? It sounds like you might need to. <laughs> I do want to, like, I mean, I just got this one a couple of months ago. So, uh, I mean, I also like the idea of having a few because, and I get it from these mm -hmm. guys. I was like, I like having a few because then when my friends come, we can all go on rides together and they don't need to buy one. And, like, they don't want right. to, blah, blah, blah. So I'm like... I do like the idea of buying another one. I was looking into the Emotion just because they're lighter, okay. weight-wise, it seems like. Um, but I would recommend time, you get like an MSP. That is Kingston? That's Godway. Godway? Yeah. How fast does that one go? Um, well, the MSP, well, that or an RS, but the RS is still having, having some issues right now. But um, you could probably tap 40 on the MSP. Okay. On the high-speed version, they make two versions. There's a high-speed and a high-torque. Okay. I think you you probably don't really need the high-torque one. Um, <clears throat> and, yeah, the high-speed, I'm pretty sure you can tap 40. Okay. So All when right. you're hitting 34, 35, you're completely fine. All right, perfect. You and that wheel is more well-balanced. <laughs> it's like 
it's the way it's situated. You've probably seen it before, but it's just a. I think that's what uh, Ustride ride used to ride a lot. I don't know what he's riding these days, but maybe the day he saw you, he was probably on it. But yeah, that that wheel is going to be a lot more stable because it weighs a little bit more, right? I think it's probably yeah. like fifty five pounds or something like that. But <laughs> oh no, what I like to say is, is, there you go. <laughs> what I like to say is uh, weight equals safety, and I'm talking about the weight of the wheel. So okay. the heavier the wheel is generally speaking and like if you have an 18 inch so so you're currently riding a 16 inch diameter tire um the the msp or the rs um which are all basically in the family of the original msx that came out um but anyways they're all 18 by three so you're on a 16 by like two and a half maybe or something like that um so the wider tire so it's slightly wider you know width wise and then like the bigger diameter is going to be safer for you when you hit unexpected bumps. It's going to be a lot more stable. And okay. Then, and then the weight itself, too, is going to keep you grounded. So when you basically hit that, like, you know, asphalt mm-hmm. drift or whatever you want to call it, um, you got launched a little bit, right? But thankfully, you landed back down on the wheel. Um, it's less likely to happen on a, a, a heavier wheel. You're not going to get okay. launched. The Tesla we used to laugh about back in the day was like it was fantastic at the time. But once you got to become a speed demon you could get launched off of it because it weighs very little okay all right that's good to know i'll give that in mind msp Mm -hmm. okay so that one is a bit like it's you know this tech is very fast moving so the msp is a fantastic wheel that might even be hard to find now because technically it's off the market but a lot of dealers still have it in stock so you might have to hunt for that a little bit i'm not sure who still has it in stock but the successor after the MSP um, is the RS. They're very, very similar, uh, but the RS has a different um, motor situation. It's a hollow bore motor. So currently your wheel, my wheel, there it has an axle in it. So there's just like a small you know, hole around the axle. There's a little mm-hmm. bearing there, and then there's the motor. So the yeah. hollow bore stuff, it's a massive hole with a massive bearing. And so there's just a giant hole in the middle um, so they're like basically the benefits that we thought originally with this was like thicker wires can come down through. So that's safer when you're just pushing it and drawing more power. Um, the pedal hangers actually attach inside of that hole as okay. opposed to, to an axle. Anyways, this is all like the big differences between the MSP and the RS and it's got some mm-hmm. fancier lights, but, um, yeah, the MSP is like a rock solid wheel. And I, I talked to some friends who like, they regret selling theirs to buy an RS because they were just like, oh, it's so good. Yeah. Yeah. So look into that. I'm, where did you buy your wheel from? You um, buy it from uh, a dealer? Uh, yeah, I got it from your wheel. Okay. Yeah. So Jason yeah. Pro- might have some MSP in stock. I'm not sure when you're ready to upgrade. Might not be today, but um, yeah. yeah, email him and he'll, he'll steer you in the right direction. He might be able to get some too if he was out of stock or something like that. But if um, I had a stock, what do you mean? <laughs> Well, I mean... Oh, if he's out of stock, I'm like... Yeah, he might be able to... stock him, I'm like, right, what do you mean? No, 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 if he's out of stock of the wheel. (laughs) Okay. Um, All right, sounds good. All right, do you know roughly how much they go for? um, I think they were, like, so, like, new, like, probably, like, 22. Okay. Um, But you also probably could find someone locally. It wouldn't come with, like, the an e-wheels warranty necessarily but you might be able to find someone locally who has a mildly used one you could buy and then it would be even cheaper all right 
Facebook market, please. But it's, like, yeah. uh, well, not even that. I would actually, if you don't know of it, I would go on the Electric Unicycle Forum. So we have a whole website, and there's a, a thread there for sales. Okay. Um, and I've directed a lot of people to that, and they've bought used wheels there and had a great experience. Um, right. Obviously, you know, like anything, vet as best you can who you're buying from, but... Um, yeah, I feel like with these things, it's just better to buy them new. Like, you just don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will, yeah, yeah. I will talk to Jason. Because even if you if... get it secondhand, it's still going to be expensive. So might as well just pay a little bit more so you get that kind of, like, security. Everything. I hear you. I hear yeah. You. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I get all my wheels from Jason. So I, okay. I, don't, I don't think I've ever bought a used wheel personally. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a bit tricky. Like if like in me, like I don't really know anything about it. So like, if you cannot really do the proper like check, like yeah, no. Yeah, oh, I know I'd way rather... too much about it. That's my problem. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, I'm Hopefully too tied in. Hopefully, that'll be in me in a near future. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I tell people if they have any questions, you know, I have a little bit of a platform online in this in this community. So like, if you have any questions. My Instagram is an open line of communication for anyone, whether it's you or somebody else. Like, I'm happy to answer questions there from people, and they can yeah. get a pretty rapid response from me if I'm in a good mood or whatever. <laughs> um, All right, no, no, I'll hit you up if I ever have any questions. Yeah, for sure. Like I said, and there's there's quite a few people in your neck of the woods who can um, yeah. also help you out as well. So, like, if you don't know Irwin, um, he's got a like live stream show that he does, like generally okay. like every Wednesday. Um, mm -hmm. his channel is called like the black Cobra or something. Oh my God. I bumped into him on the street one day. Like I was riding around the city. So I was right after, well, obviously a bit after the youth strike situation. Mm -hmm. And I was riding, I was riding with a friend. Well, my friend was back in the bike. He was recording and I was in the wheel. And then like he walked, he run, he like, he was riding by me. And then we kind of like exchanged information and we talked a little bit. And he gave me his business card, and I remember it's a, like, black cobra and, like, green letters. Yeah. So I was like, yeah. He's probably, like, the the nicest guy in your neck of the woods. He's probably the the best person to reach out to. Um, yeah. If you if you want to hang out with people, do a group ride or, or whatever, you got questions about... Because he also knows a lot of other people, too, right? So it's not yeah. just him. Like, he's, I would say he's sort of, like, the linchpin to a lot of people um, okay. in, in your area. Um, okay. I think, I think he's got an Instagram, too, so you could probably hit him up there. But I thought... I think when he gave me his card, I think I started following him. Okay. I'm not sure, but I think we follow each other on social media. Gotcha. Either way, I have his card somewhere in my apartment, so that's good to know. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. outside of unicycles, what are some other, like, do you do other, like, high adrenaline hobbies or, of any sort, like skiing or <laughs> snowboarding? or? Okay, so no, I never really did winter sports because... Uh, most of my friends who who practice, including one of my dearest friends, she's been snowboarding her, I think her whole life. Mm -hmm. And a couple of years ago, she had a really bad accident. Mm. And she broke both of her knees. And Ooh. she was in bed rest for like six months. And when I'm saying she's been snowboarding her whole life, it's like, so like I've always been kind of like afraid of this subject just because I know so many people that have broken things and like I don't mm -hmm. want to break anything. But this year with the unicycle and all my balance being a little bit better, that's one thing I want to get into this winter. Like snowboarding, not skiing, but like snowboarding. Um, mm -hmm. But I mean, I, like sports that I practice regularly, no. But I do like adrenaline. I'm mm -hmm. adrenaline prone. I don't know how to say it. So I've 
like I've done bungee jumping once, I've done skydiving, I've done flyboarding, I've done scuba diving. So anything that would get me kind of like <laughs> my blood rushing is right. something that I will probably try to do. I'm actually right now talking to a girl from New York City. Her name is Anna. She's, I think she's Colombian or Venezuelan. She also writes. We met okay. on social media. And I told her, I was like, I've been hustling people down to go skydiving again, but none of my friends want to. And she was like, oh, like, I'm down. So we're talking about, I'm to, I don't know her in person, but I was like, okay, let's do something. I'll come to New York yeah. City and we'll go skydiving together. So I hope that still happens. Cool. But I like, yeah, I like to jump out of places. It, yeah, I'm probably a chicken <laughs> in that respect. I don't think I will ever go skydiving. That's no. That's skydiving like my... is easier than bungee jumping. A lot easier because in skydiving hmm. you usually do tandem, so right, you right, you course. do it with someone like behind you and like they ask you right when they open the, the door of the plane like okay you're waiting you say yes and then you jump. So like when uh, I pee my pants, I'm gonna <laughs> pee on my instructor. <laughs> something like that. Yeah. It is. It, I mean, the view is something out of this world. So, yeah, I, I can imagine. I just think I'm too much of a chicken in that. Like, I love roller coasters and yeah. driving fast in cars and all kinds of stuff. But that is the one thing for me personally where I'm like, nope, I'm just, I'm good. I'll skip it. Thank you. Yeah, like most of, most of my people don't get it. My, my family is like, I don't know where you came from because no one <laughs> in my family is yeah. like this. But it's just, it's the adrenaline is something else. You got to teach like, your we, family how to ride. <laughs> I mean, I don't think my mom would. Uh, like, she likes speeding and driving and, like, like driving really fast. But I don't. She's very cautious overall. Mm. Um, so I don't think she would ever. <laughs> she would ever be comfortable riding the wheel. But yeah. one can only dream. <laughs> when I was. So when the pandemic hit, I went down to my parents' house in Florida and I, while I was down there, I basically taught my dad to ride, kind of. If he had, if he owns one, he would probably keep it up and ride around his neighborhood, but he doesn't yeah. own one, so he just was riding the stuff I had. Um, my sister, hmm, kind of, mm -hmm. she's a little, she's freaked out by it because she's got, like, hip problems and stuff. Okay. Um, yeah. But I taught my wife, and so she, like, it was weird because I never really, like, asked her, like, do you, like, I never pressured her to learn to come ride with me or whatever. But one day she was just like, I want you to teach me how to ride. And I was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> so over the course, of like a few days, I taught, taught her. So she's up and riding. Um, nice. Although now that we're back in the city, so down in Florida, she was down like in, in the evening, we just take a little like date and go ride, you know, around the neighborhood, my parents' neighborhood. But now that we're back in the city, she's like freaked out by the bike lane and traffic, like scares her. Yeah. Rightfully so. I mean, again, drivers, uh, they can be pretty crazy and they, yeah. like, they don't care. Like, if they want to intimidate you, they, they have the upper hand. So, right. I understand that. Like, it's just, it's right. a lot. And New York City has even more traffic than Boston. So, I can imagine it can be even more overwhelming over there than in this year. The craziest part about the traffic here, I don't know what it is for you guys, like, downtown, but, like, you know, if you get stuck, you know, in a, you know, on a regular day in the afternoon in traffic, trying to get like from one side of Manhattan to the other, not top to bottom, but left to right or right to left, mm -hmm. it's only like three three miles could take you four hours. In like a that, car, yeah, yeah, in a car, yeah, yeah, yeah. yes, yes, because, yeah. Which is well, why this is like an ultimate hack, right? Because you're just like, forget you, like literally, you 
can ride in the bike lane or the sidewalk or the street or whatever you need to just to get there as quick as possible. Yes. And I feel like that's what makes drivers so mad that like they're stuck. In the <laughs> they're and <just> we're not. <laughs> yes. Like, well, you can do it too. No, I mean, over here, it's just, like traffic is really bad. Like we have these memes that is like, Boston is an hour away from Boston because it doesn't matter where you're going, what you're using. If you're driving, you might get there faster by the time you find a parking spot. It's gone. It's like it's the same time that taking the train. And taking the train, it takes like forever wherever you go here because the train is so slow. Mm -hmm. So it's like, yeah, it's the same. Like traffic here is just horrendous. And gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, that's how it goes in cities, I guess. Yeah. Comes so, with the you, so you, now that you're riding pretty much like all the time now, do you, so you kind of said like it kind of changed your life. Like in what ways do you think it's given you a lot of value to your life? I mean, I would say the biggest difference is that now, because it's so easy to get around, I'm going places more frequently that even though they're in the city, because like I would have to take a long walk from the train or there was no place to dock the bike. Cause I used to see the bikes like nowhere to dock the bikes. Like I wouldn't go. Like there's this beach here in, in Boston called Carson beach. Mm -hmm. Um, and this summer I've been living in Boston for going on 11 years in April. And I had been to that beach once or twice before I got my wheel. And now I got mm -hmm. my wheel and I was just going on weekends. I'll take my yoga mat and I would go and do yoga, bring a book. Like, and like I've gone to the Arboretum, I, I, there is a really nice cemetery, like past. I hit the sub rear. <laughs> past camp. Nice cemetery. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like, like on fall, like the foliage is really pretty, blah blah. But it's kind of like, it's a little hike to get there. Hmm. So now I've been able to explore a lot more of the city with the wheel, which I couldn't do before because it was just not convenient and I'm a creature of convenience. So I was just, I wouldn't do it. Right. So now I've gotten to see a lot more. And in Boston, it makes a lot of sense because it's a very green city. Like Boston mm. has a lot of parks everywhere. So you can go to so many different places that are still in the area that if you didn't have a car, like I didn't go otherwise because it was just like, we were so expensive. I was like, yeah, no, that's too far. I don't, I don't really care that much. But now right. I've been able to, to explore a lot more than I did before. Um, I also got to know the city a lot better because with the bike, like I'll bike around here, but I wouldn't really venture out because the city bikes, I don't know if it's the same in you, they're super heavy. So like yeah, you don't same. really want to go on like a three hour bike ride in those bikes. It's just not fun. So yeah, I, I feel like I'm doing like, internal tourism which is great for COVID time since we mm -hmm. cannot travel I cannot travel so yeah and yeah I find myself out like my with my job I I'm always out and about okay but like on my free time I'll come home or like I don't know I was a lot more home based when I was free before I got the wheel now with the wheel I find myself just I'll take any excuse and I'll just be out. That's I'm what like, I like to hear. Well, the sun is out. I'm out. Kind of like exactly. situation. And you'll so, ride in the rain too. So, I mean, not and that the you rain do that for, and the snow leisure, and but... like, it's just like yeah, I find myself just like roaming around just because we're good music and just going places that I wouldn't go otherwise and right. taking it a bit farther and farther. Like this summer, I'd like I don't know if I'm gonna do it, but I'd like to take the wheel to the Cape. 
Because this guy, man, like he told me that he's done it. He's like, I just make a, a stop in Plymouth, charge, and then I, he goes all the way to the Cape in the wheel. Wow. So I was like, that sounds fun because I love the Cape, but I don't go often enough because it's the same. It's like, you might need a bigger ferry. wheel with a bigger battery, though. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, I mean, yeah, that would probably be like a summer thing. So maybe by then I'll be ready to buy another one. Yeah. So yeah. what music are you listening to when you're riding around? What's your go to? I like all music, so I don't discriminate. I I go from Chopin to Pink Floyd or Slipknot in the same day. Like, it really depends okay. how I'm feeling. Yeah. So, but I have a couple of playlists. Um, I would say I listen, my go-to is, like, I have this playlist where I have, like, House of the Rising Sun, and I have, like, some Stevie Nicks, I have some Pink Floyd, I have some Beatles. Right. That's kind of like one that I keep going back to. I have another one that I started creating. I make a lot of playlists. My Spotify is full of playlists. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there is one with the songs that I've been using for the videos because usually the songs that I use are for my I use for my videos are songs that I actually really like. Right. So whenever I edit something, I just put it on that folder, and that one is called like new faves, like new favorite music. So yeah. I keep building like little like little playlists like that. And so you have, have a 360 a camera, right? So you're shooting yourself yeah. riding with that? Yeah, so that was a whole other story. When I was, I was like, when I got the wheel, I'm like, it would be so cool if I could record while I'm riding. And I originally wanted to get a drone. But the problem with the drone is kind of like, I'm like, well, I'm clumsy. I actually, that's why you see me in squinting. I don't see that well, and I don't have, like, I have three in each eye, and I don't wear contacts or glasses. So I'm a hazard to myself. Okay. So I was like, I don't think I should be, like, handling uh, a drone yeah. while I'm riding if I already have kind of like trouble with my eyesight. Um, so that's how I found the camera. And like the camera has also been such, uh, such a blast because you get to yeah. record and like in the app, there's so many little things that you couldn't do. Like I use like regular video editing apps before where with this one, like you can really play with the angles and there's just so much room to just go crazy. But, mm -hmm. like, just the unicycle and the camera combined, like, can keep me entertained for, like, a whole week without seeing <laughs> anybody because there's just so much that you can do. So which so, 360 camera do you use? I have the 361R. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right on. So, yeah, I just did a video for those guys, and so they sent me a bunch of them. But I have – I used to use the 1X. That was the one okay. I used. Okay. That's a long one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then – yeah, so I, they they wanted me to do a video review for them of their latest camera. So I they sent me a 1R, so I've used that now. So lucky. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> uh, then also their X2. So it's like the upgrade from the X that I used to use. Okay. So I've used both of those. I find that for unicycle riding, I like the X2 uh, better. It's like a little bit lighter. Mm -hmm. uh, but the... The 1R is cool, you know, like I actually, so they sent me like the th the 360 lens and mm -hmm. it's like the one inch edition. So it functions like a GoPro or whatever. It's like a massive yes. like lens on it. So I've played with both of those and it's, it's pretty good quality. Like, um, but yeah, the 360 thing is wild. Like just all the stuff that you can do in post, like you get to be the director after the fact. You just yes. kind of point it forward or backwards or whatever and then like forget about it. Yeah, and like they're just like for the video I did of Copycat at some like I knew what song I wanted to use, so at some point when I was gonna switch the angle, I was like, I'm just gonna hit the wheel. Just to see how what I can do with that later. And mm -hmm. that's something I've gotten a lot of comments on 
people will DM me, DM me like, I like how you did like the whole thing with like the camera when, and I was just like, just like you do little things with the camera and it can take you so far away and it's just like one little movement. So it's just, yeah. yeah. I'm a huge fan. That's I'm great. I'm a huge fan of the Insta360. It's just, the Insta360 and the wheel are the two best purchases I've made as an adult. I support that. that that's yeah. exciting. I feel I feel the same way. I think, yeah. uh, you know, I do a lot of video with my, my DSLR and stuff like that, but the 360 mm -hmm. is so nice, just so easy, you know? You just yes. point it and go. Yes. Um, so you you mentioned that you were going to the beach, do a little bit of yoga. So you, mm -hmm. you do a lot of yoga. I was looking at your Instagram. You're really big into yoga. Do you do you Tell me about that, but do you think that has made your writing experience better or worse or probably yeah probably because again as i was saying like well i guess it goes a bit with eyesight like i'm, I'm not the most coordinated person mm -hmm. uh and i started doing yoga on october 2019 i never did yoga before and okay. i started self-teaching and, and my whole thing was like i want to be able to do this thing. it's something i've always wanted to do it's like i'm, I'm gonna be 30 years old it's now or never so I started doing yoga, I got to the split, and I like I, I really got into it. Right. And the leg balance was something that was, it's still very challenging for me to do the leg balance position. Yeah. But like eventually, like by the time I got the unicycle, I had been doing yoga for what, nine months, 11 months okay. or something, something like that. So like, I do feel like, even though it did take me, it feels like from reading in the forums, a bit longer than it takes people to get acclimatized to how it goes. I think uh, you're about average. I feel like, no, like when I was reading the reviews, there was a 50-year-old guy. He was like, oh, in two hours I did it. I'm like, <laughs> well, I good mean, for you. <laughs> you put in a few more hours than I did, but basically over, like we said, distilled down to like three or four days. Like that's, I would say, about the average of most people. Um, yeah, but again, this is after doing yoga. That's where I was going to go with yeah. it. I was like, I feel like if I had not had yoga for so many months before that, it would have take, taken me the dog. Longer. Like yeah. a lot longer because like my balance was just so terrible. Like I'm super clumsy. Gotcha. So, my okay. sister always says that. She's always like, I have bad balance. I can't do this. I'm like, yeah. no, you could do it. I mean, once you, like, it's just muscle memory. You know, you know, like once you figure it out, then it's like, you're not trying all that hard. It's like a car, right? Like no. you, yeah. you learn to like, make it small adjustments before it's too late you know so that's yes. and the wheel kind of once you figure it out it drives itself like a bicycle right it just wants to go forward yes yeah so so do you so you do a lot of yoga do you just do it by yourself or like pre-pandemic yeah. were you going to classes were you teaching at all uh no like it well now i'm working on my yoga teacher training Cool. Well, I should be. I'm not doing that much homework, but I, I, that's something that is like a pressing matter that I have to get on right now. But like that was the goal pre-pandemic. Like I was supposed to retire my nanny gloves in 2020. I had my yoga retreat booked in India, everything booked for May. Like I was going right. to come back a yoga teacher and then the pandemic happened. So, but like, yeah, no, I, I do. I'm an only child. So for me, kind of like doing things on my own, it's what comes more natural. Like okay. I learn the best when I learn on my own. I don't learn that good when people are explaining me things. I don't know if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So when I started doing yoga, like I, I was just at home and then I would go to like a class once every two weeks so they could correct me because in yoga it's very important that they tell you like, okay, no, you're doing this. Technique is correct. Way, yeah. yeah. So I used to go to classes so I, would, I could get corrected, but like, no, it's also self-teaching. Gotcha. Um, 
it's yeah, it's fun because it's one of those like for pandemic is great. Like it's one of the things that you could, I just go upstairs, throw my my yoga mat in the roof, and I just like do yoga for like hours at the time in summer. We see so a lot of that like, in New York. People are doing yoga on the roof. Yeah, I mean it's the best. Nobody's really looking. Well, my I have a lot of neighbors that um, during summer outside, but like I just put my headphones on. Like I don't care. Like, yeah, well I know this because <laughs> I fly my drone a lot. And that's mm-hmm. why I just discovered in the pandemic, there was a bunch yeah. of women doing yoga on the roof. And I was like, <laughs> I didn't know this was happening in my city. Yeah. Uh, like, yes. I, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, it makes sense, though. I like in New York specifically, we love a lot, like the idea of being on a rooftop. So many rooftop parties and people hanging out like it's it's a big thing. It's almost like, you know, we don't have, we don't have backyards here. You know what I mean? Like not unless you own like a nice brownstone or something, but. So, but you know, who does? Let's be honest. <laughs> Russians, basically. Yeah. Very, very few exactly. people now. Yeah. Yeah, like it, it's definitely a huge luxury to own a building in New York. Yeah. Um, Same here. So before you were a nanny, were you doing something else? Were you traveling for a living, or you just travel just for fun? No, I travel for fun. Um, okay. That's one of the reasons. Okay, no, I love my job. They say mm-hmm. like, do what you look at what you're doing when nobody is watching, and that roughly where you, what you should be doing. Mm-hmm. So because I'm an only child, I used to babysit for free in Panama all the time because that was what I wanted. Like I wanted, Is that where you were born in be. Panama? Yes. Okay. Yes, I was born in Panama and I moved here in 2010. Okay. So I was always babysitting. So for me, it was kind of like it just came natural. Mm-hmm. And the more I did it, the more I, I really started like, like I'm very into early childhood education. So I just tried to bombard the kids with as much information as I can. And like, it just is what make me happy mm-hmm. and on top of that after a few years of nannying i realized that i could really take time off in between contracts and travel so that was just a huge added bonus so since gotcha. 2015 i take between one to three months off from work and i just disappear i'm like sometimes like in 2016 i was traveling by myself for six months and i didn't even have a phone <laughs> like it was wow. great and yeah, I was that's, just backpacking. So that's a dream. <laughs> I can't take off work like that. Well, that's what I was saying. This is one of my favorite. Like, besides really liking what I do, what I do. Mm-hmm. On top of that, like I have the flexibility to just mm-hmm. be like, okay, the contract is up until December. I'm gonna go. And a lot like the last family I was with, we were working together for three years, and like they were huge into traveling. So they were like. By all means, they hired some nannies while I was away, and like I came back like a month and a half, two months later, and they're like, and I'm back at work. So nice. it's worked out. And I feel very thankful because like I've been able to do it a lot. And the more you travel, it's like everything. The more you do something, the easier it gets. Right. So by now, I'm a pro when it comes to traveling in this, in like the cheapest budget you can imagine. <laughs> right. Like in. 2016, I did the Balkans. So I started, like, I did Slovenia, Croatia, Romania. I was in Serbia. Like, I, I did all of the Balkans. Okay. And I spent 600 euros. And that's wow. everything. That I take buses. You just, need a, you just need a couple of good books, and you're good to go. How do you so handle I, the, the language barrier there? Um, I don't know. 
know, like I'm not, I'm usually in the cities, like in the city center, like mm-hmm. or in the main city where I'm, and like, and I always stay in hostels, like love hostels. Right. So everybody kind of like speaks English, so like English really gets you by everywhere. Like there's only been a few countries where, and at those times I've been with my ex who spoke five languages, so it was kind of like. Oh well, I, that's easy. <laughs> so when like when we were in Georgia, like yeah, maybe English. No, I think English was common. But, like, when we were on the border, like, he had to speak Russian because English was not getting us anywhere. Right. So, but, like, overall, English is, like, it, you can go anywhere. Pretty universal, yeah. Well, because yeah. I've traveled to a lot less places than you, but I've traveled a bit. And uh, most recently, I was uh, living and working in China, and that is not right. English-friendly. Mainland <laughs> China is not English-friendly. I've heard. It's, it's not even like, you know, I don't know, people here in America like to, I don't know if it's true or not, say that like in France, everyone hates America and they're going to purposely speak French to you. And yes, maybe it's just Paris so specifically because so it's a tourist town. Um, <laughs> but in China, it's not like a mean thing. They literally, most people don't speak it. Yeah. They're yeah. like America. They think like China is the best language. Like we all think English <laughs> is the best language. Like, so it's like this weird... Yeah other country that feels like it's fantastic so it i really had to struggle and figure out how to learn chinese to like move around it did you and it's a a little bit yeah and then when i came back i took more lessons to try to keep it up Um, but with chinese specifically it's very tough to like become fluent if you don't continue probably with any other language continue Mm -hmm. to use it so now i feel like i know only a few phrases and i've forgotten a lot of what i had done and um, i'm trying to get back into it again but it is for me one of the most difficult languages like i grew up in miami and so like a lot of my friends speak spanish and i can understand spanish and even if i forget it's pretty close to english in its origins you know like yeah. So I can figure stuff out and, you know, Spanish is simple <laughs> to me. Like learning yeah. Spanish was easy. Like we all took it in high school. Yeah. Uh, but Chinese is like a whole other thing. It's a different beast. I can. Yeah. I. Yeah. And they don't really have Google Translate over there, do they? Like you. Can well, I had Google. it. Yes, I actually okay. did. So but unlike where Spanish to English, let's say you can figure out like the subject and the verb is, is pretty similarly similarly said. Sometimes it's swapped in Spanish to English. In China, it, it, most of the time it's not the same. It's not like, yeah. you know, I'm going to the store. And then you could figure out Spanish. It would be kind of similar in that sequence. Maybe one or two words are swapped. There, it, it's just like a whole other like way of talking. Like you wouldn't, yeah. you, it would be like, I go store. <laughs> You know, it, or yeah. a store I go. Or it just, it, sometimes it's just really weird. It depends on the phrase. I'm, I'm giving a bad example. But like, so my point was on Google Translate, if I said something in English with proper English context, even though Google Translate is doing a pretty good job, sometimes they just be like, what? I don't understand. Because <laughs> I would tell it to say it to them sometimes. Like, I was, was going to ask you that. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say it. Mm-hmm. But again, I work, I was working on like on a TV show, I was color grading a TV show in China. And so um, a lot of what I had to say was like, like video, color, video editing jargon. So mm-hmm. it's like there aren't direct words in Chinese for stuff like that. So then it got really hard to, to say certain things. Uh, the funniest part, though, when I was 
going over there, my, uh, the agent who was sending me there said, oh, don't worry. Like, we know you don't speak Chinese, no big deal. Um, the lady, the executive producer you'll be working with, she speaks fluent English. And I went, oh, cool. Turns out when I got there, she's the executive producer. So she's never working with me because she's doing her executive uh, stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so I was working with the, like the, the regular guys who were just like, I speak z- zero words of English. Oh my God. So it was, it was a bit of a challenge for sure. How long were you there for? Um, quite a few months. I wasn't like a full year, but, um, enough to where I got a little bit better, but enough to where it was like still hard. Um, but like yeah. I said, Google translate was kind of a savior. Yeah. I would imagine when you travel, you're, you have a foreign phone of some sorts that works on their network. I did mm-hmm. not. So I like didn't have service when I left my, my place where I was staying. So oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I had to like hope I could get on someone's Wi-Fi so that I could do a Google tra- or yeah, Google Translate. Oh my um, god! I wish I just think there wasn't time. Or I forget why, but I'd, I wish I'd found a way to have a service outdoors. Yeah. Well, in that sense, like I I've been using T-Mobile Road Rush. <laughs> I've been using T-Mobile for about four years, mm-hmm. and one of the things I like about them is that in the unlimited plan, you always get data wherever you are. Mm. So wherever, it's since 2016, wherever I've been, I just take my phone and I don't have to do anything. I just use my phone and it's my right. phone line and it doesn't cost me anything. It's part of the T-Mobile One plan. Right. So I always have internet when I'm abroad. So that's for when you start traveling again, you might want to switch to T-Mobile yeah. while you're on the road. Yeah, I think, I yeah think, like I have, it makes a big difference. I have AT&T, so I think there was an option like that, but it was wildly expensive. So I was like, I can't, yeah. I can't pay for that. It's ridiculous. This um, one, it's not more. It's, it's just like the unlimited plan and it costs the same and it doesn't really right. cost anything. Yeah. They wanted to I add never... a lot, like uh-huh. 80 bucks a month on top oh, for yeah, a certain no. amount of data abroad. And I was like, that's... no, you should do- totally switch to T-Mobile. Now. It sounds like I'm, yeah. I'm, if this is not an app, they're not paying me to say this. <laughs> it yeah. is like literally, I pay, I don't know, but it's, it's your average unlimited plan and mm-hmm. you get unlimited data, bro. So, so out of the all only the places... downside is that when you're like far away from the city, like T-Mobile is good when you're in the city, but the second you leave like the area a little bit, you're like out. You have no yeah. exception. Like when I go hiking, like, God forbid something happened because I'm just stuck here. Like, I cannot call anybody. Oh, so I, that's I a trade-off a little bit. I was going to ask you if you had any close calls because I have a crazy story about a close call I had of, like, I don't know if I'm going to be, like, murdered by somebody. Like, when I was in China, mm-hmm. uh, I went to go to the Great Wall. Mm-hmm. And the, it's a whole process that I, I looked up online of how to get there. From I was in Beijing, so, like, you have to take, like, three buses and a train and all this crazy stuff to get to the great wall. If you didn't know this, the great wall isn't one wall, it's multiple walls. (laughs) So I was going to the one closest to Beijing, but one of the things you have to do to, to, to get to your destination, the final thing you have to do is get off the bus at this specific stop, then Mm -hmm. take one of the local cabs, um, the rest of the way, which is like about a five minute drive, but like there's, for whatever reason, the bus doesn't go there. It just doesn't. So you have okay. to take a five-minute, like, $2 cab ride. 
what happened to me was, obviously, I'm trying to read Chinese letters, read uh, mm-hmm. when we go to each stop, right? And I'm like, looking, does this squiggle look like this squiggle? You know what yeah. I mean? Like looking at the stop outside my window. I didn't think I was at the right stop yet. The squiggles didn't match because I took screenshots from my phone so I could look for that oh squiggle, my God. you know? Yeah. It didn't match, um, but then some guy, some Chinese guy, when the doors opened at the stop, this, again, the wrong stop, it was a few stops before I had to get off, he steps in the back of the bus and says, uh, he looks around, I'm like the only white guy there, everyone else is Chinese, um, and he goes, hey, you, and I'm like, I didn't know he was talking to me, I'm ignoring, you know, and hey, you, hey, you, and he goes, you, white boy, and I'm like, oh my God. yes, uh, and he was like, are you going to uh, Muten Yu? And I was like, uh, yes. He goes, come, take cab. And in my head, I'm like, okay, I do have to do this, but I don't think this is the right place. And I'm like, no, I'm good. He goes, you don't want to go to Muten Yu? I'm like, no, I, I, I do. He goes, come, take cab, plenty of cab. And I was like, okay. So I got off the bus way too early. It was a scam for him to make a ton of money off of me. Oh my God. But in the moment... For what it's worth, I'll come back to how much it was. But in the moment, I was like, I got off the bus. Immediately, I, re- I knew I screwed up because because I read online, there's a ton of cabs that line up because it's like a big hub of people having to do this. There was two. Yeah. There was two cabs. Okay. So there was like this guy and another guy. And I was like, okay. And then I was like, how much to get there? And he was like, oh, like 60 kwai. And I was like, that seems like a lot more than I remember Google saying it would cost Anyways, paid him the money, got in his cab. That whole ride up, I'm thinking, this is where I die. This is where, because I don't know where we're going. You know what I mean? It's the countryside of mainland China. So I have no idea where we're going. And I'm like, this is where I die. Like, how am I going to kill this man before he kills me? I'm thinking in the back seat. Then we show up to the right place, to (laughs) to the ticket center to get the ticket to go up the ski lift to the top of the mountain. Yeah. And he actually gets out of the car and he helps me. Like the whole time I'm thinking he's a murderer, right? (laughs) We get there. He brings me to the ticket counter, shows me which ticket to buy. I buy that ticket. He says, you're welcome and and leaves. And I was like, I kind of feel like an ass (laughs) because I thought he was going to kill me. (laughs) However, he did take me for more money. Like that's his scam. He's a nice guy, but like is like. I'll you wrangle people off the bus and then make a ton of cab money off of them. Yeah. That's, but that's it turned like, out to only be like 20 bucks. Okay. Like 20 US dollars. Uh, yeah. But it would have been, like I said, like a $2, two US oh, wow. dollar cab ride. You made his day. But whatever. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I was, it was on my company. 20 bucks is nothing. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Was, yeah. Oh my God. Have I you mean, had one of those scary moments? I would say, I have my window open. Um, I'd say I haven't had that many scary moments when I'm under abroad. I'd say the biggest one I've had was when I was in Bulgaria. Mm-hmm. I was in staying in a hostel, and I told the people from the hostel, I was like, I want to go to the Black Sea. How do I get to, I think it was called Sunny Beach. And the, the guy in the, in the front desk, he's like, don't go to Sunny Beach. I was like, why not? He's like, you don't want to go to Sunny Beach. I'm like, well, I want to see the Black Sea. And, like, and in my experience, every time people have told me not to go somewhere, 
because mm -hmm. XYZ, I've gone to that place and I've loved it. Like right. People told me, don't go to Warsaw in Poland, like blah, blah. And then I got to Warsaw and I had the best time. So I'm like, it's probably going to be fine. So I took a nine-hour bus ride to the Black Sea. Wow. By the time I get there, I noticed two demographics. 18-year-old kids that seem to be on graduation trips, like high school, grad high school graduation mm -hmm. trips, and very creepy old men. There's no one my age going around. <laughs> and I was like, oh, dear. I mean, for a treat. But I was like, it's probably going to be fine. I love walking. I walk everywhere. So I was like, I always usually grab my hiking backpack and I walk to the hostel. So it was about like an hour walk. So I was like, okay, I was walking to the hostel by the time I got there. They're like, do you mind? Up until that day, I did share dorm. So I never really mm. cared. It was always fine. So he was like, the front desk was like, we only have like share rooms. So I'm like, yeah, that's fine. I get to the room. There are three British guys drunk out of their, like, they're just gone. Mm -hmm. And they're, they're kids. And then there is this very old, also British guy, oh. also in the room. So I was like, okay, whatever. I don't think I'm going to go out tonight. And then the old guy comes to my bed and he starts talking to me, which has never happened to me in a hostel. And I was like, okay. And then eventually he started talking to me about prostitution. And I just grabbed my stuff and I went downstairs. And I was like, I need you to get me in a new room. Like, I don't feel comfortable staying uh, in that room. Yeah. So anyway, they're like, okay, there's another room. There's a girl and a guy there. And I was like, okay, that sounds better. At least I'm not the only girl in the room. I go to the room and the second I open the door, the girl's like, oh my God, I'm so glad you're here. I'm like, oh dear, no, what's going on? At this time, I need to meet you. And she was like, yeah, like, I don't, I don't know if I can share the details of this story because it's so, nothing physical happened to anybody, but the guy was doing some very nasty stuff in the middle of the night in front of her bed the night before. Wow. And she was like, I don't want to sleep in this room alone, blah, blah. And like, by then I've had it. I'm like, now I get why this guy from the hostel was telling me, not to go to Sunny Fish. Like, right. and she doesn't listen. And like, Again, these are way too many graphic details for me to explain why, <laughs> but like that night I didn't sleep. And the next morning I woke up, I grabbed my hiking backpack, and I took a 12-hour bus ride back because now we were sitting on traffic. I was like, I never saw the black sea. I just literally talked to very long. I was like, I am out of here. Like, get me out of here. Like, yesterday I want nothing to do with this place. So when I got back, the guy, I was in the same hostel, the guy from the, from the front desk, he's like, I told you. I'm like, shut up. Wow. So I would say that was probably the, it was just, it was so sneaky. <laughs> I, I don't, yeah, I can't imagine what that's like as a woman to like travel alone like that to a foreign place, staying in a hostel. Like that's, yeah, that's, was, that sounds. It's, <laughs> it's usually, it's usually fine. You meet a lot of interesting characters and you get mm -hmm. a lot of ideas from the people that are staying in hostels. I've met all sorts of people. Like I met this kid. He was a genius. He was like 18 at the time. He was mm -hmm. writing a book. He was working with a bunch. So you meet a lot of interesting people in hostels. But I had that experience and ever since then, I've never stayed in a mixed dorm again. No, I right. stay in yeah. dorms that are only girls. Cause Sorry, like, I'll skip that. No, like it was fine up until that day. I don't want to take the gamble anymore. So I'd say that was probably, I think that's probably the, one of the worst. Mm -hmm. But like nothing, luckily, nothing really bad has happened. Quite the opposite. Like I find 
the world to be a lot safer than what the news make us believe. Interesting. Because, like, there's, there's been so many times where I'm, like, I remember this time I was in Turkey and I was alone and I was lost. And in Turkey, like, you don't, there's not a lot of English. And I, like, I, I think I didn't have a phone in that trip. And I walk into a store and I'm like, it was already getting dark. And I told, I, I talked to the manager and I was like, where's this hotel? And he didn't speak English, but he asked one of the kids that worked there, like, can you come? He, the kid did speak English. Like, can you come and like tell her where this is? But he didn't tell her to tell me. He told, he told him to take me. So the kid literally walked me a few blocks all the way to my hotel. Oh, just to make nice. sure I got there safe. So that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like more, more, like more often than not. In the, the world is full of people that do mean well. There's just like a few. Well, you must have a guardian there. angel. <laughs> yeah. I, I have a, a friend here in New York. His sister, quite a few years ago now, she went traveling alone. She was similar to you. She loved to travel a lot. She went to Turkey and she was murdered there. Um, she never came home. Never came home. She was out. I guess she went to go do something by herself that one day, and some local guys snatched her up, and that was it. Oh my God. So. Like yeah. I said, that, I mean, you, you must have, obviously you're a very strong person and, uh, some guardian angel looking after you. Cause that's, that's what my mom tells me. She's like, you have like, please don't cut my mom. She always tells me, she's like, you have the best guardian angel. Please just don't cut it, swing. Like <laughs> you, you, you play with him way too much. <laughs> <laughs> so, Out of all the places you visited, where's a place you'd like to go ride? Like on your unicycle. Oh, that's a good question. I mean, I would say every big city that is hard to get around. So, for example, Paris is huge. Nobody prepares you for how mm. big Paris is. So, I feel like I would like to take my wheel if I ever go back to Paris, mm -hmm. just because, like, it's just so big. Um, but I don't know, because you cannot write these things everywhere. Like, I know there is a community in, in, in France that writes will, excuse me, will. But, like, in Panama, you can't. So, I guess I would have to do research to see where I could write. A lot of places mm -hmm. do have crackdowns. Like, Paris, we're, now they've cracked down on the speed limit you can ride on those things. Oh. I don't really understand how they're enforcing it, but I know there's some French guys who are in the forums and things who've talked about this a little bit and said it's okay. it's really bad in a lot of European countries right now for some reason. Like, and certain Asian countries have just said they're outlawed. If we catch you on them, you go to jail. So it's very bizarre. Yes, that's kind of like, yeah, no, you have to be like, you have to be very, very careful in like in Southeast Asia, like mm -hmm. in Singapore, like mm -hmm. you have to. You don't want to, I mean, I don't even want to say it because I don't know if it's offensive, like, but like, I know they came you, so I'm like, I wouldn't want to play with, with yeah. my luck over there. Like, you really have to do some research to see where you can do it. And because that's kind of like part of traveling. I feel like, yes, there are cultural things that might be wrong in some places, but overall, like, it's part of it. You have to go to a country and play by their rules, whatever they are, whether you agree with them right. or not. <laughs> I so, didn't have a unicycle when I was in China, but I used to skateboard. I had a longboard, so I would longboard from like my hotel where I was living to to the office. Seemed to be that? seemed to be pretty acceptable. No one ever like okay. said anything bad or anything to me like that. Um, You're also white, though. I feel like that might. I mean, be. yeah, there's yeah. probably a lot of things that I can get away with that I don't realize. Yes. Uh, I mean, but it, it was mainly in China. You know what I mean, like. 
on maybe like other places, um, it's it's pretty safe. Beijing, in general, like you were sort of saying, the world's a bit safer than what people like to let on. Beijing yeah. is like the Washington D.C. of China. So okay. it's a very political town. Obviously, it's the capital. So, and when you when the locals are talking, they're just talking politics. So it's okay. it's very weirdly like that. Um, but yeah, there. I remember <laughs> I tried to. The weirdest part about traveling, maybe you've seen this too, um, was like, so I went to a Walmart in China. That was weird. Uh, I think I was trying to look for like uh, packing tape or something like that. And then like bubble wrap. Because I basically when I flew with my wheel, my wheel, sorry, my uh, longboard, I like mm -hmm. wrapped it in bubble wrap and stuff and took the trucks off and like packaged it so it could just fly internationally on the airplane with me. I made it like okay. legit. But when I got there, I cut that stuff off i couldn't reuse that so i was trying to find a place where i could get that like bubble wrap and things like that again so i went there i went to some other places but the walmart is was like the weirdest place why just seeing what it looked like inside it was just like you know in some ways perfect like it was a chinese version of like a low-class grocery store you know what i mean like it's very <laughs> like rednecky but in like a yeah. chinese way you know like the okay. The different food offerings were bizarre in there. They didn't what was seem the like. Thing you see? Oh man, just like I couldn't put my finger on it. But just when you looked at, so if you go to like a wet market in China, you, it's it's like the local no. probably something someone with Panama might have like a local market where you can no, buy food. No, but I saw them food. in I saw them in Thailand. Yeah, so like yeah. that stuff I'm used to seeing. What kind of stuff you'd see at a wet market or like at the regular grocery store? But there it just seemed like yeah, like the weird off-cut part of a chicken that even the wet market's not selling and stuff like that. You're just like, what is this place? And then they would, okay. you know, but then there was, uh, there was like a, uh, like packing boxes on, on an aisle and then there was clothes and it was just this, yeah. it was hard to put your finger on. Cause it's like, again, it's like there's some Chinese food they sell in there and like snacks and things that isn't what you'd find. The most welcoming place was like the gas station. Like one night I was like hungry and I wanted a snack. So I went to the gas station across the street from my hotel and it was like they had laced chips. Uh, so like they sold like Coke and a bag of chips. You know what I mean? Like that was interesting. Otherwise, you know, you're not going to find if you had a hankering for American food or something like that, it'd be tough to find. The weirdest oh. thing, though, was I went to a mall and had, I went to a, a Mexican restaurant in Beijing, China, in a mall that's under the subway. I mean, let that sink in. Yes. <laughs> that was disgusting. Oh, dear. Like, you can just imagine, like, a strip mall, a Chinese strip mall's version of Mexican food in mainland China was very, very weird. <laughs> like, I can't recall the dishes, but I remember thinking, like, you didn't, you didn't quite nail, this is not what you think it is. This is, this is so not what to... Platanos, you've messed up. This is, this is not quite it. I've heard that they put rice. I don't know if this is true, but I've heard that somebody had like, like they ordered a pizza and the pizza had like rice and corn on it. Whoa! I don't. <laughs> I, don't I never ordered true, pizza. This is a this is a trouble story I heard once. I was like, oh, that's yeah, good to know. I found a couple of um, like craft breweries that were in China that were like there, which was very interesting, and. So at a craft brewery in America, maybe by you or by me, they're going to serve comfort food of some, some American comfort food along with the beer they're making. 
Yeah. It was weird in China because I was expect I was excited, right? Because I like other cultures. I like being amongst them and their native food. And I was like, oh, I'm excited. Like, what is the comfort food they're going to serve me with beer? They just tried to make an American cheeseburger, and it was weird. Oh, dear. What and I was like, why? Like, there has to be a Chinese equivalent to a cheeseburger, right? Like, there's got to <laughs> be. You know, like, so that was a bit of, it was okay. It was just a little off. There was something about it that you were like, I can't tell what it is, but you something's weird in here. <laughs> well, if there is something uh, I do nowadays, because American casino, I have to say, you will never find a burger anywhere in the world that is as good as the U.S. The U.S. has burgers, mm. like, down. Like, it's just like, right. it's. It doesn't matter where you go, you're going to have a good burger. Mm -hmm. So I, I try to avoid burgers when I'm abroad just because I'm like, I'm just so used to like good burgers here that I'm like, it doesn't matter where I'm going. Right. It's going to be a disappointment. Well, I, I was all I was offered. It was like burger and fries at <laughs> this place. So I was like, when in Rome, I guess I'll try it. <laughs> and then I was like, uh. no, thank you. Yeah. What's the weirdest thing you ate while you were there? Um, The weirdest thing? I wasn't so... The typical, like, weird thing that usually an American would try is, like, a scorpion on a stick. Yeah. Uh, but I was open to trying that. But then when I talked to some friends of mine who are Chinese, they were like, you're just a dumb American if you try that because it's not good to us. And I was like, fair. So I'm not going to try that. <laughs> uh, but I had amazing, like, when they're making handmade noodles there, oh, uh -huh. it's to die for. Like, so I had really good food there. Okay. I didn't really get, like, weird. You know, I didn't get adventurous while I was there. Okay. Um, probably the weirdest thing I've ever eaten probably would just be, like, at a Brazilian restaurant here in America, like, eating, like, a chicken heart or something. That's about as far as I've gone. Yeah. No, body parts are not my, are not really my job. But I did try crickets when I was in South Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah, and they taste, they do. They say, like, it tastes like chip. It does taste like chip. Mm. I don't know if you saw it. I don't know if China has the same, but, like, in Thailand, you see these kind of like carts, and they have like lines of different weird animals that they're mm -hmm. like street food. And the one that I was, I was never gonna try it, but I was very curious. Like people do really eat these. There were these cockroaches. Oh, they were no. like, they were like huge, and they were fat. You know, I was like, are people really eating these? Like, I I, I, I never saw anybody eating them. But it, it was just like, to me, it was so bizarre to see, like, just a bunch of crackers. Like, right, like, yeah. I'm yeah. not trying it. Did you try I it? Know. No, 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 okay. no, no. I, I had the crickets. I saw the scorpion. I'm like, I'm not having scorpions. Like, I had the crickets, and I call it today. Um, a cricket no. does seem like the most, like, approachable insect to me yeah because there's eat. nothing like nothing inside it's just like a little crunchy yeah there's no stinger there's no you know it's like an ant even still would would weird me out a little bit um like yeah. a large ant or something uh there are some asian southeast asian countries where like they'll they make like what's like a just massive amount of ants in a big dish that they've you know spiced and stuff that almost looks like uh like black mashed potatoes but of like ants and stuff and you're just like how did this become a thing? <laughs> but I get, I mean, everyone's different. Like if the yeah. people were saying that the scorpion thing, I think originated from a certain people group um, in the mountains in China. I think I have this right. That, that was seen as like one of the many things they could eat. And they realized mm -hmm. that people in the big cities thought it was 
like weird, but in a cool way. Like they were like, oh, I want to try this thing. Like, a, you know, kind of a delicacy or whatever. And yeah. that's how they started bringing it to like Beijing and places like that to sell it on the street. And then it became like this normal street thing and then like a tourist attraction almost right like all the white people were like gotta try scorpion yeah. no yeah that just doesn't sound not for me it's like i just imagine when you bite it like there's like fluffy stuff that i'm gonna come out and i'm like i don't want to i don't want to know how that's gonna feel yeah so, yeah um i've been to germany as well and that is good food there there's nothing weird that i encountered but it's very good food there and that's a, that's a place i'd like to ride like in the countryside in germany somewhere that'd be cool where do you go in germany uh i was in salzburg and munich um, nice. so very kind of different places so like salzburg is very beautiful and picturesque and then munich is like the city you know so it's like it was cool to be in the downtown of munich it felt like i was in like beauty and the beast or something um, right uh, and then also just like the city center where it just feels like a metropolitan city. Yeah. So and it's they cool. dress so well too. Mm. Like I've never felt as long as underdressed as I did in Munich. Like yeah. it's like a fashion show. Oh, uh, yeah, I can see that for sure. <laughs> I was a lot younger, so it was, I wasn't like tuned in to, to that as I might be now, uh, yeah. when I go to a place like that. I would love to go to, to France and ride there. Hopefully I don't, again, I, maybe I should have somebody on who's from one of these heavily restricted places to talk about it, but yeah. I don't quite understand the rationale from their government officials as to why they're restricting it. Like in New York, for a while, we did have restrictions on certain things, but I can look at the history and see the rationale. Like for us, it used to be anything motorized, like, an, um, like, a, on, like a bicycle that's like got a motor on it, was illegal but this was way before electric bikes existed. So what happened, I think, in New York was like quite a few many years ago, like maybe 15, 20 years ago, a kid was killed by a guy who strapped a two-stroke motor to his bicycle. So the oh. kid's parents lobbied to the government to like make all of that illegal, which understandably so. Yeah. And so that law has been on the New York books. So when we invented electric bikes, it was like, well, that's just immediately illegal because there's a motor on it you know and it's yeah. it's not a motorcycle uh but the joke here is that our mayor he kept trying to enforce it but mainly um it was affecting minorities and it was guys who were delivering on these electric bikes and so mm -hmm. the joke is that he realized that his food was his lunch was coming late so that's why he reversed enforcement <laughs> and now they got rid of that law okay so it's everything electric is completely legalized no. now. Um, wow. But yeah. Yeah. Nobody here likes our mayor. He's kind of an idiot. You know. I don't know. I To be honest, I am as disconnected from the news as possible. Mm -hmm. I gave up on them when I was back in Panama. So I don't know. I, I don't know much about what's going on. Like, obviously, now with Trump and everything, like, everybody mm -hmm. knew what was up. But, like, now that... He's out, like, I'm back to, like, and I don't need to see the news. <laughs> it's so stressful. Yeah. I'm super tied into EV news as well, so that's why that was, like, on my radar, you know? Okay. Um, anything electric, I'm, like, like I said, I'm too tied into it. I'm, like, reading everything all the time. Yeah. I probably need to step back. <laughs> Stop <laughs> consuming so much yeah, electric stuff. <laughs> um, yeah, so this has been fun. I think, uh, is there something you... 
are looking forward to in your town once things open up as far as like riding or do you think uh you'll yeah is there something yeah i mean to be honest i've gotten a, a very warm welcoming from the community mm -hmm. so i am looking forward to be able to join the group right once i have the vaccine and everybody mm -hmm. has the vaccine and it's a bit more it's a bit safer to meet with right. multiple people um so that's one thing i'm looking forward to being able to do group rides at some point um cool. and then being able to see how far i can take that you know, yeah see, yeah do some some good trips and explore not just boston but like the surrounding areas as well yeah yeah they uh, they've built a uh a bike route from new york to canada that is now open and so the like a lot of guys keep joking around i don't know maybe they're serious that they'd like to ride from here to there on that on their evs and i'm like uh i don't see any charge spots guys i don't know how you're gonna make this, <laughs> make this work so can you have a different battery for the wheel that you can no like so just like whatever it, you get to swap it yeah no, that's something a lot of people have suggested would be cool to see from these companies. Um, it's yeah. like a battery you can swap in and out. But I mean, you would, f for me, technically you could kind of do that now, but you just have to carry these bare, semi unsafe batteries in your backpack until it was time. And they're kind of heavy. Okay. Um, right. So Sorry. they'd have to create a way for the battery to be like, so if you've ever seen a boosted board, um, their batteries are basically hot swappable. There's some screws are involved to take it out, I think, but they're, they're, you know, set in this plastic thing. So it's relatively safer. Like, I don't know, the batteries in you and my, and our wheels are just, they're all soldered together and shrink wrapped. It's not anything fan. Like it's really basic. So like okay. carrying a shrink wrap thing of batteries around seems like an awful idea at the way the current state of them are now. Okay. So they'd All need right. to have like a plastic enclosure or something that kept them safe and secure because like, you know, yeah. if, or get like a, solar power batteries or something like that. Yeah. Well, you know, like, cause the way it works is it's a bunch of like 18650 cells that are soldered together in series. So if one of those solders breaks, mm -hmm. it could mean a fire. Oh, so it's still okay. pretty volatile if you really consider it. Like, yeah. It seems like you're not, uh, I would love for you to dive in so you, know, you don't know just how dangerous these things can be. Oh I, th I think you're having a really good experience so far. I have too. I've never had a, a fire myself or anything like that, you know, God forbid. But um, I'm, like, I'm not going to be able to post this. I'm going to freak out my bosses. They're going to be like, what no. are you bringing that, that little fire hazard to our house? No, it's not. No, <laughs> it's only cool. the, the truth. The truth really is like, you know. There are warning signs if something is awry. Um, there are things you can do to just be extra cautious at home and things like that. But it's pretty rare, but it is still possible because they haven't really devised a way for them to be, you know, like, for example, if you puncture a lithium battery, whether it's your laptop battery or the stuff in your in your uh, Tesla, that's an instant fire. Like if you took a, a knife to that and you stabbed it, instant fire. Okay. Uh, but again, same for your laptop. You know what I mean? Like, so there... Yeah. Well, like hearing, I was hearing your pod, a few of your podcasts before we spoke, and one of the things that I didn't know about that I learned through one of your conversations is the heavy blanket. So that's, is that how it's called? The fire blanket? The... Oh, yeah. So, th so that was you're listening to Wrong Way. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So that was my take from that one. I was like, okay, I'm getting one of those, and I'm just going to 
Yeah, just put it over your wheel at night or something just in case. Um, And then also, like, you know, uh, if it were to catch fire overnight, it would potentially suppress those flames. Um, But also, if you were awake and you saw it, you could make sure to suffocate it. You know, if it was like, you know, air was getting in, just make sure you pat it down around it or whatever. But, yeah, there's like a whole deeper conversation about what what to do in the event of a lithium ion fire it's yeah. not fun um but it, it's just good to know you know this is just information yeah. to know just because it's like you know like with a car you own a car you can have a relatively safe experience your entire life driving a car around but you should understand the dangers of certain aspects yeah. of the car you know like uh, the same thing like you wouldn't drive your car if the streets of boston were flooded up, you know, up to your waist, probably a bad idea to drive your car around in that, you know, yeah. things like that, you know, those sort yeah. of simplistic safety things are important to know. Yeah, I'll do my research. Like, I realize how naive <laughs> I'm being with the whole project. I'm like, oh, it's waterproof. It's going to be fine. <laughs> no, they're so, water resistant at best. very informative. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> and you learn there are some wheels that are, they handle water better than others. Um, that's also one of the new things about, you can dive into that at another time, but some of the newer wheels from Gotway, they seem to not be trying as hard to, to protect them from water as they were before. But even before they weren't like that great. You know, like we learned like the Gotway Nicola, which was my other wheel that I used to use, not on purpose, but just by accident, by the nature of the way they designed the wheel, it is one of the more waterproof wheels. And it okay. is one of the more durable wheels. But um, it wasn't because they were thinking about that. Now, now in motion, mm-hmm. they actually consider that. They think about that. They have, a, they have a, it's basic, but they have a rating. They have a waterproof rating on their wheels. Um, and if you've ever seen the inside of an in motion wheel, so their batteries are, I think, shrink wrapped, and then they are in a plastic enclosure okay. that is screwed to the inner shell, and then your outer shell is screwed down on top of that. So they're probably, out of all the companies, they're not perfect by any means. They're still Chinese. They still yeah. cut corners from time to time. But they're probably one of the, known as, like, the safest brand. In motion is? Yes. But okay. They, but they... I thought Godway was. I don't know why. Oh, no. <laughs> Godway is known as the shittiest quality, but the biggest performance. Okay. So right. we buy the Gotways because you're getting that performance and you clearly probably need to stick with Gotway for a while. Unless one of these companies like InMotion or Kingsong or somebody comes out uh, with a powerful enthusiast level wheel. But so yeah. far they haven't really. Um, but yeah, so what's Got- the speed on, a, on average on InMotion? Well, it depends which one you get. So okay. the V11, which is their suspension wheel. That's uh, the latest the, one, right? Yeah, that was their latest one. That, that, that one hits... 35 miles an hour at its top okay. speed but you only get that top speed for the top 20 percent of your battery so once you're at 80 percent battery it drops oh. down to 31 as your top speed okay and then but then you have that for quite a long time until it starts to, you know as you get lower and lower all these companies they reduce your top speed that's how they can claim these like wild uh like range numbers is because they're basing off of a an average speed of like 20 miles an hour and then when you get down to certain battery percentages they knock down on your top speed progressively so like when you're at 10 percent battery on any wheel you're not riding 30 miles an hour it's just it's not gonna yeah no yeah 
Or yeah, going so. uphill, like that, going uphill when the butter is dying is just painful. Oh yeah, I wouldn't advise it. <laughs> you might as well be walking. <laughs> yeah, so InMotion has been known as like the quality, like durable brand. King Song is like I think one step removed. Pretty good quality, but not quite as good as InMotion. But they aren't have really slick design. Typically, this is mm -hmm. like how we kind of have seen it played out. So like InMotion quality, durability, King Song quality some durability but mainly hot design mm -hmm. uh then gotway is just Pass. quality <laughs> meh, durability meh, performance off the charts and that's that's been the lane they've been in I, and so you know on, on the podcast the wrong, wrong way they're in a lot of hot water right now because it's a, a bit unwarranted but like i said their quality's not been great but recently in the last week or two there was a lot of fires in a small window right so typically yeah. over the course of a year we'll hear of a fire here and there someone's wheel burning up or whatever but there was a lot in a small window so a lot of people freaked out like in customers in the community which made gotway freak out and they were like ah so they're which is can be really good so they're going to try to increase yeah. increase their quality so we'll see what happens a lot of us are skeptical uh, that it will help, but it would only apply to their newer wheels that they would yeah. up the quality. But we'll we'll see what happens. Okay, all right. I guess I'll wait wait until wait until they fix that issue in order to buy another one because yeah. I do like like that's my favorite part of the wheel. Like I can just go. I think back. if they can fix the RS, that would be a good upgrade for you. If you can't locate an MSP or something. Because like yeah. I said, the RS is the next step after the MSP. It's basically the same type of wheel. Uh, but the problem they're having there is water getting into the bearing and ruining the bearing pretty quickly. And the other thing is for design purposes on like the right or left side of the RS, they put mm -hmm. a fancy logo that says RS, but it's a giant hole into the inside of the wheel. Oh, like, okay. And so there are guys here in New York. We know a guy who was riding at 45 miles an hour and water got in and shorted the board while he was riding and cut out at 45. No. Oh my God, is he okay? Yeah, he's okay. I'm not saying it didn't hurt, it wasn't painful for a few <laughs> weeks, but um, like that's- That's fast for a cut out. Yeah, so those are pretty I mean, crazy yeah, yeah. things they need to figure out. Yeah. Okay. But I think the fastest I've ever gone on any unicycle is 50. On my current wheel, I did that on the Monster Pro from Gotway, um, but that's me just like going, well, I tapped 50, but on the, <laughs> on the veteran Sherman, it's probably one of the most well-built safest wheels they've ever, that's ever been created, but it's a, okay. it's a beast of a wheel. I mean, it you weighs 77 pounds, pounds, 77 pounds, 77. Oh yeah. It's close to 80, but we'll call it rounded up 80 pound wheel. Um, but it is wildly comfortable. Good. If you're like somebody who really needs that super, super high speed, like I can cruise at 45 for like 30 oh. miles straight. Oh, beautiful. That's a lot. Yeah. But the trade-off is, it's also very durable. There's a roll bar connected to it. The trade-off is it's incredibly heavy. So if you do live in a walk, like for me, it's barely manageable to bring it up, you know, a flight and a half to my, to my home. Uh, I don't know what I would do. I couldn't have it, I think, if I lived higher. I don't think I, I could go for that one because, again, it's the same. Like I use my, I, I carry mine as a kettlebell. Yeah. That's how you say. Yeah. And it's by the time I get to my apartment, it's kind of like, oh my god. 
Yeah. I'm like sweating and yeah, because so, you yeah. want this, the whole point of this being pounds. portable. Yeah, that's that's so, manageable. I don't think I could do 80 pounds in a four-star wheelbarrow. I I would pay attention to what goes on with the RS. That that is a really good wheel. The bit, do you know how much how much that weighs? I want to guess. I don't know exactly, but I want to guess it's around like 55, 60 pounds. Okay, that's still like, yeah. It is more, but like I said, that that trade off is actually well worth it for a wheel like that. Whether it's the MSP or the RS, it's like you're getting a lot more. Like I said, it's it'll stay grounded for you when you hit unexpected bumps, things like that. And um, the reason why though it's heavier is because it has a massive battery, and that's important if you want long range and high speed. Um, yeah. You know, think of the battery like your gas tank. So when you're trying to go high speed, it it has a massive power draw. So you need to have an overhead, an abundance of battery for it to pull from. So, for example, when you're hitting 40 something miles an hour on an RS, um, if you were to be able to look at your voltage, you would see it's probably sucking down to like 60 percent of your battery in the moment that you're at that speed. When you slow back down, it goes back up again. But it's like there needs to be enough for it to pull from. So battery is a big, a big part of all of that. Okay. All right. No, then I'll, I'll keep all of that in mind for whenever I decide yeah. to go for an upgrade. But you got to find something that yeah. fits your lifestyle. You know, you, yeah. you, you don't, you don't want to be like, uh, it's just too much to not, and never want to ride, you know? Yeah. I mean, the, that part of just being safer does. The will will make a difference just because I write it so much and like mm-hmm. most of them are not good. Like there's so many holes everywhere. And there's probably people around you whenever you're comfortable seeing other humans that would let you probably ride theirs and test ride an MSP or an RS or whatever, so you can get an understanding of what um, those wheels feel like to ride, and you could lift it up too and see how heavy it feels. Yeah, no, that's that's yeah, that's true. In a couple of months, hopefully. <laughs> Yeah, right. I'll be able to get out of my cave and go socialize a bit more. I like that. Yeah. Well, we've talked about a lot of stuff. This has been very fun to kind of get to know you and like how you came across this crazy world of electric unicycles. (laughs) Thank you so much for inviting me and having me over. This is my first first podcast ever. So thank you very much. It was it was a very fun and informative conversation. So I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. It's very um. Like I said, I'm just super interested in seeing who. It's a, it's just a very unique uh, experience to ride these beautiful things around town. Yeah, floating through the city. Yeah, totally floating. Yeah. Not to steal the line from the one wheel crew. <laughs> That's their whole That's thing. That's the what? Their whole, whole thing. thing. The one wheel people. The they're, they're like oh they call it the float life. That's their <laughs> that's their like mantra. I saw the hashtag and I was like, oh, I'll use it too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's in the unicycle. Yeah. Well, uh, I'll sign off here with you, um, and uh, maybe we'll have you back on again. Sounds good. Very nice talking to you. Thank you, you for having me again. Once again, thank you so much for watching, guys. We appreciate you making it to the end. Maybe you skipped through, maybe you didn't. Either way, I appreciate you. Please consider subscribing to this YouTube channel, or if you're listening on an audio platform, please consider following this podcast. And if you really like it, go ahead and leave us a five-star review if you can, if you can figure it out. I know some platforms are kind of weird about it, how to get there to leave the review, but it would mean so much to me if you could leave a review on this podcast, as it will empower us to be 
higher ranked and continue to make more and more and more of these. So thank you so much for watching and I'll see you on the next one.